Hello, my beautiful Woman Inc. listeners. Welcome back. I am so excited to introduce this week's guest, Elizabeth Pearson. Elizabeth is a nationally recognized performance coach and trainer, international motivational speaker, and forthcoming author who helps senior director to C-suite level clients overcome subconscious blocks so they can get clarity around what will bring lasting peace and fulfillment. This is what we all want. Elizabeth seamlessly blends her holistic coaching style with proven corporate tools to inspire teams to crush goals while being in spiritual alignment with their purpose all the while. We really go into Elizabeth's background and story in the episode, so I won't give too much away in the intro, but what I really just want to say is I am obsessed with Elizabeth. Like I adore her. I think she is just the most genuine, magnetic, infectious, beautiful human. I enjoyed this episode so much. I opened up a little bit. I like shared something I haven't shared. So you'll have to listen in on that part. But I am just such a fan. I love coaching. I believe in finding coaches for every area of your life. And I really value all of the work that Elizabeth does on a day-to-day basis. I just find it to be one of the best investments I've ever made is working on myself and working on personal development. So I just am so honored to share her and share her wisdom. And that's all I'm going to say because she's going to say the rest and you guys are going to love her as much as I do. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Soak it all in. Now let's get on over to my conversation with Elizabeth. Welcome to the Woman Inc. podcast. This is the place for the new generation of women looking to lead the life of their absolute dreams. I'm your host, Jenna Toddy, entrepreneur, life coach, and strategist for modern businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I am a city girl, sriracha lover, and that friend who will hype you up when you forget how powerful you truly are. I am on a mission to make Women Inc. the most powerful network of women who are leveling up, owning what they want, and becoming who they've always wanted to be. Have you ever wondered what it would look like if you went all in on yourself? No turning back. If so, you are in the right place, my girl. Let's get started. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to finally meet you. Me too. Okay, so one, I was just talking to you about this, but I'm holding your book, which I am genuinely so obsessed with. Like, you were so sweet to send this to me along with like the best office gifts ever, like the meditation, don't come into my office, which is my new favorite thing. Um, Well, it took me a few weeks to start reading it and I picked it up on the perfect day. I was just like, I I need to start reading this book. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed to hear. So that's how that happens. I feel like it divinely, like it can sit. That's why I say in the beginning too, like, if this doesn't feel like a time you want to read, sit it somewhere. And like, I think your guides, like divinely, you will be guided to it when you're ready. Yes, completely agree. Okay, so let's get into all things Elizabeth. Can you kind of just give everyone an intro on who you are and what you do and your whole background and the thing that you're most... Well, I won't bore people too much with it because this is always the part I skip over in podcasts. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But (laughs) for me, basically, I did all the right stuff, right? Like went to college, got the big job, was making great money, met the guy, lived in suburban Chicago in a big, beautiful home with 
two beautiful daughters and woke up one morning. I remember I was coming out of a hot yoga class and the lady like used to have to force me to do Shavasana because I was always like, I got to go. Like I got stuff to do, you know, like this was great, but bye. And one day I just really like surrendered to it. And I was just laying there thinking, wow, like I just really have everything I've ever wanted. And it was this feeling of gratitude that I had never really felt before. And I went home and I remember I took a picture of the sky that day just to kind of like see how it was. And it was a regular gray Chicago day. But I ended up just feeling this this thing of like, okay, I've got all the stuff that I wanted. Now what? Right? Like I've got all the stuff that I wanted and I still want more. Like, why can't I just be happy with all of this? And what happened was it really kind of led me on this spiritual journey of like, what is the new stuff that I need? What is the new mountain to climb? And it was really going within because at the time I was knee deep in an eating disorder. I had been bulimic for 15 years and it was some, you know, it was really triggered by like one asshole calling me fat, you know, like we've all had some jerk say something off the cuff, but it just it just cut me so deep. And from then on, I just had this self-loathing. And it was... I call, In the book, I call it devil on my shoulder. And it was always waiting to just come in the door and like starting, you know, like run the joint. And so I thought, I think maybe the next mountain is to heal whatever this is inside me. And I don't think I'm going to do it in Chicago in this beautiful house with these kids and living this suburban dream. You know, I just always wanted more than that. So uh, we manifested an amazing move to Southern California. And I say we manifested because one night we were talking about it and literally two weeks later, uh, my husband's company that he was working for had been acquired by a larger company and there were these opportunities. And it wasn't easy, guys. It, was like, it wasn't like, oh, poof, I just thought about it and then it happened. There were like definitely waves of resistance that really tried to keep us there. And there were really you know, hurt family and friends. Like, why would we leave? My best girlfriend lived next door, right? It's like stuff you dream of. Um, and they didn't really understand. It was like, but why? Why do you need to go to California? You've got two babies. Just stay here. And you've got plenty of money. Go on. My husband said to me once, he goes, let's just go on more vacations. And I was like, I I want more. Like, what? No, I don't want to just go on more vacations. I want to live someplace that I really feel like is my soul's home. So it, it really sparked this whole journey where I eventually quit my job in corporate America. I sat around for six months feeling sorry for myself about making a bad decision. What did I do? And then I just started leaning into coaching, which was actually something a psychic and two different intuitives had told me was my purpose. Wow. So I just kind of trusted them. I thought, maybe I'll look at this. If people keep telling me this, let's try it out. And here we are. It's so brave. I don't think people talk about how brave it is to take that path because the American dream makes everyone around you feel so comfortable. And I think challenging that, it's like the resistance is real. I think that it can be reflectionary too. Kind of like it can hold up a mirror to other people. And then, you know, because even like say your girlfriend gets a cute haircut, you're like, well, maybe I should get a cute haircut. Maybe (laughs) I would look good with that. You know, you start thinking about it for yourself. So I think when you have friends who are really questioning that status quo or or saying, you know, I have all of this and it doesn't feel like it's enough. It can shine a light on them that maybe they're not really ready to explore. Yes. So if someone's listening right now and they're like, okay, I have everything I thought I wanted, but they're just not feeling fulfilled. What do you think, what advice would you give them as far as like leaning into this and not running away from that little like ping? Yeah. I always say, what's the alternative? 
like if you just stay where you are and your soul is, you know, not even just whispering at this point, kind of like really kind of banging around in there trying to get your attention, two things are going to happen. You're either going to have some sort of real physical manifestation that will just smack you and wake you up. Like literally I've had clients, I had a client that got hit by a bus. No. Like it, you know, yes, it was awful. But she was just, she was work. She was the job, right? But she knew she wouldn't have been working with me if she wasn't like looking for some deeper meaning there. And I've had clients get really ill, you know, dis-ease. Like it can form a physical manifestation. In the book, I talk about a client who had a brain tumor, you know, and she had been working herself into the ground. You know, it's this whole hustle culture. And especially for women, a lot of times we feel like we need to overcompensate, which we do because of the leadership disparity and gender inequality in the workplace. But I think you have to listen to those whispers because that voice, she's either going to get louder until she's throwing a tantrum or even worse, she's going to just die. And then when she dies and you don't feel the need to grow or stretch yourself, I think that's the big failure in life. Not trying something and then, you know, maybe losing your shirt, like maybe not making any money. Maybe you lose that partner that you weren't sure was good enough. Like I just always think I'd rather take the risk than potentially have a huge regret at the end of my life. Yes. Oh, really good. There was a part in the beginning of your book where you were talking about a conversation with your daughter and you were like going to a work trip you didn't really want to go to. And you're like, mom has to make money. And she's like, mom, you told me I can do whatever I want when I grow up. Like, why can't you do whatever you want? And I was like, yeah. oh, that is just she called like, it out. So just the like yeah. realness of a child, right? It's so good. Right. And like, what are we saying? Like, you know, a listener might not have a child or not a child yet, but you probably have some younger females in your life or maybe even older females in your life that really are looking to you, you know, like, like we do with anybody who's close to us in our lives as a role model of something, you know? And so if I think that you never know that how much your choice can affect those around you in a positive way, they may get strength and courage from watching you do something that was scary or hard. And it might be the thing that actually puts them over the edge to end their crappy marriage, you know, with that person who isn't supportive or ask for a raise or move to a new exciting city or take more international trips. Like if you can't do it for you, do it for the people around you who are really looking to you um, and that you may not even know you're having an impact on. Yeah. And I also, it made me think of this like social contract where we feel like whatever we're doing, we just have to keep doing it. And no one is, we're not in a jail cell. Like we can leave any relationship, any job, like there's endless opportunities, but I've felt that way so many times of like keep powering through. It's like, right. Which is the definition of insanity. We're like, you know what? Let's just keep doing it. And I think there's that scarcity mindset too of like, well, it's better than nothing. You know, this crappy job uh, is better than nothing. And I'm not saying like throw deuces immediately and walk out, but I'm saying at least acknowledge that you're worth more. And it's okay to renegotiate your contract with yourself. You know, what was okay five years ago is no longer up to your standards. Your standards hopefully have risen a bit, you know, of like what you want to experience in this manifestation. So if that, if those standards internally are, you know, you're being pushed to raise them, you're going to have to do the external stuff to make it match. Otherwise, you will feel like you're in a cage. You will feel this constant restlessness. Yeah. Do you find, we were talking a bit about being guided. 
Do you find that a lot of the women you work with before they have that breakthrough have been like getting hard things coming to them and challenges? I think some. I think some, it is just the whisper of like, hmm, maybe I could do something that would be a little bit more fun or maybe I should do this. Some really do literally get like a hard wake up call, but not everybody does. So if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, but I haven't had that moment where it's really come through. And and if it has, I don't know what my spirit's trying to tell me. A lot of people think that if they don't get this very crystal clear message, that it's not actually their soul trying to guide them. And I couldn't agree more. It, it is your soul. Like all of those little things are those messages of guidance. They're like breadcrumbs. You just have to lean into them. And a way to lean into them first is like create the space for your inner spirit, the, the younger you who had all the ambition, all of the stuff to come through and guide you because she can't be heard if we have ear pods in 24 seven, we're on Zooms all the time. We're drinking a bunch of alcohol at night, which will disconnect you from that dimension. It's just a lower vibe substance. Like, I think you have to really create a routine for her voice to be heard. I haven't talked about this at all on my podcast, but I just got out of a seven year relationship. Yeah. And it was very traumatic. I bet. Um, I feel like it's the worth thing is so relevant for me right now. It's like, for me, I, I'm very stubborn. I feel like I ha- my guides were literally like shaking me, like know your worth and it's time for the next chapter. And now I feel this sense of worthiness that I've never experienced before. Like I feel so aligned. I'm like, I will never accept anything less than what I know I deserve again. And it's like all of these opportunities started coming. All of these random coincidences started clicking. And I'm like, it was the scariest thing that I ever went through or that I ever was afraid of happening. But I love the other side of it. And I think it's important to talk about that. Well, and you, that's that other stuff could not find you when you're in that lower vibration. It just can't. It's like, you know, wanting something to be delivered and you gave them the wrong address. You know, like it, it literally cannot find you. Even if you're the house next door to the address you gave the DoorDash guy, he's still not going to figure it out that maybe it's just this one. You know, it's being sent direction of where you want to be. So if you are in a place of self-doubt, that is a very low vibration on this scale. And in the book, I have this, and you can even Google it. Esther Hicks has this wonderful emotional scale. And you can see like how you can really just kind of like crawl out of that lower vibe to reach a higher vibe. But once you get there, the high vibe place is where all the good stuff is. It's where all the work opportunities are. It's where all of like the really like ride or die girlfriends are. It's where the new relationships are. It's where, you know, creative means of the universe sending you money. Like that's the other thing that's probably going to happen is like, you're probably going to get some actual financial benefit from this. And it's great to say, you know, I turn it over to you, spirit, to figure this out for me. You know, I know that you're working on it. I don't have to figure it out right now. I think that's the other big thing, Jenna, is like people think they have to know how to get from point A to point B. And I say in the book too, you know, F how. You don't have to know that portion, right? You just need to know this relationship is no longer serving me. I'm going to bless it and be grateful for the seven years that I had because there was clearly something that was a value keeping me in it. But at this point, I now want to focus on this. So even with a relationship, you can say, thank you for that. Thank you, universe. 
But here's what I want now. And I know that you're working on it. And all I have to do is keep my vibe high and things will flow to me. Yes. So do you, that's really feminine energy. Like, do you find that that's where women should really be in their feminine? You know, this whole idea of feminine and masculine energy is really interesting. And I'm really trying to kind of spend a little bit more time in this because you're not the first person to ask me like along those lines of what I think. And I don't want to say like, I don't want to gender energy, Mm -hmm. but I don't know about you. Like there's a lot of times where I feel like punching something, breaking something, doing something, you know, (laughs) and I don't know that that's like masculine. And so maybe I should stay in my feminine. Like, I just don't want that to potentially be something that feels patronizing Mm. to women who identify, you know, as female. Like we have to stay in our emotions while the guys go do the stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're all spirits. Just, we just pick different meat suits. This time I picked, you know, the biology of a female. Yeah. But I think it, it flows. Like it kind of depends on the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> like how I you're feel feeling. so back and forth. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it just really depends. Yeah. But I think spirit really like everybody's spirit and universal, like in the book, I say, I think we're 75% non-physical energy, 25% physical energy, this physical form. So I don't know that that other energy is, you know, like leaning into certain emotions. I just think they want you to acknowledge it. I think that once you acknowledge that there is this piece of you, not necessarily like a separated God, but more just an extension of your energy, the more you're getting closer to it. And it's like, ding, 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 ding. Yes, now we're cooking with fire here. We can actually, once you can rely on me and I can rely on you, um, because that other energy wants to experience things. That's why we have this physical form. So that's why they're probably up there like, yeah, let's go to Greece for two weeks. Why not? Like, I want to do that. Right. And you're like, okay, great. I need you to help me manifest that opportunity. You know, like you can say things like that. People might look at you like you're crazy, but I think the sooner you can start an open dialogue with that non-physical energy, you just speed everything up, everything that you want to experience because they are waiting to experience it too. Yes. A lot of women that listen to this are like high achievers, very hard on themselves. I'm guessing. I don't know that for a fact, but that generally goes with the high achiever. What is something you have found working with your clients that women need to... Something that is in the way of women being in their full power? Yeah. I think overall, there's an external conditioning to really kind of brainwash into feeling unworthy unless we overproduce. We must overcompensate for the fact that we're women. And maybe we have a family or maybe we have a relationship or maybe we have family obligations, whatever it is. Maybe it's just what's between our legs. We feel like we have to overcompensate for. But this is not necessarily our fault, ladies. This is very strategic external conditioning, especially in this country, about know your lane and stay in your lane. I think our opportunity here is to really question when we do feel like we have to work super late or we have to give it, you know, 150%, which I always laugh. I have, I, you know, I have these group coaching programs with these women and we were talking about a four day work week the other day because it's like, you know, back in the news and it's something I've been begging them to do for years now. And I wrote an article for Entrepreneur Magazine about it like three years ago. And everybody was like, no. And they're like, well, maybe I could let my team work four days a week, but I could never. I mean, I would never do that. I would still be working. And I'm like, wait, 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 why? Why do you then need to work on 
that fifth day. I think we have to start modeling for each other that it's okay to work less. And that feels like a very dirty word, right? Like to to think about leaning back a little and leaning more into ourselves and our female relationships, right? I would much rather have people not working on Fridays and going for a hike with their girlfriends or going to a mastermind together or going to a sound bath or a healing ceremony, doing some psychedelics, like something, you know, versus like just banging out another 12 hours that you're not going to be acknowledged for. They're not going to pay you more. You know, where has it gotten you? Like the overproducing. If it hasn't really gotten you much, um, I think you need to examine the root of why you feel like you need to do that. Oh, I need to hire you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So when you get to a point where you're ready to go to this next level, you're like, okay, Elizabeth, I get it. I'm like pushing myself too hard. I'm not fully in my power. What are the first tangible steps you generally walk clients through to start manifesting and to start really letting go? Yeah. First off is I think it is good to get some rough idea of what you want to experience in this life, right? So I take clients through a life visioning exercise. And I believe that this is on my my free app, EP Coaching. Um, there's a resource tab and you can download this. Um, if you've got like an old school laser printer like I do, you can print it out. And I think it's really good like as far as to speed up manifestation to actually write it out. Like what time do you want to wake up? Do you want to spend time with your animals maybe before you start the day? Do you want to go have a lazy breakfast? Like all of these things. Like so... Get some clarity so you can visualize what it is you want. And then you just let go. (laughs) You do that. You say, yep, okay, I'm going to let you take over spirit. I know you've got it. In the meantime, what I will do is try to have fun. I will try to get to a place of joy. And I know that that's going to be hard for type A overachievers to hear because they want like, yeah, but tell me specifically. And the book has stuff on like LinkedIn. Like there's stuff that you can do, right? There's like actual, tangible, professional steps. But what I really want people to take away is you're worthy of all of that that you want to experience just by being, right? There isn't anything you need to do to better yourself. It's like I tell my girls, there's nothing you can do to make me love you more or less. You are the exact same amount of worth just by being here, right? And I wish women would really see that for themselves. Like there isn't anything that you need to do. You really just have to have some faith. And the hardest thing for overachieving women is to let go. Like we just have to surrender because the thing is, is that I think that the universe is like so waiting to just knock our socks off. And if I can sit here and think of like all the specifics of how I'm going to, you know, spend a month in Italy, but the universe is like, I actually, I wanted you to go to you know, somewhere else. And I wanted it to be for six weeks and I want you to get paid for it. So here I am. It's like, I'm negotiating with my spirit. Well, who's going to win? I think the spirit has the better plans, but I think it's in the let go that the magic happens. Something I hear a lot is this comparison thing, especially with the younger, like early twenties, my team, Mm. people I mentor, it's like, well, this girl I went to high school with is like already a VP and I, right. And it's like that comparison game. And it's for me, I'm not there anymore. Like I'm past that, but I remember how real that used to feel. What advice do you have for the the blinders? Yeah, got to put the blinders on, man. I think that that's just you're inviting resistance in. And resistance is this equal and opposing force that will come up anytime you're trying to leave the quote unquote cage. Anytime you're trying to expand or grow, you will be met with an equal opposing force that just really wants you to hold you down, right? Hold you where you are. And so comparison is resistance. So when you are spending time 
you know, looking at somebody else's feed. And yeah, maybe they spent the summer, you know, gallivanting. Maybe they made it on a yacht somewhere. Who knows? I mean, by the way, like I coach and know so many celebrities and they're, it's so fake. Like so many of that stuff is staged. Some of, so much of it is rented. So much of it is like not reality. And, and it's usually the people who are out there posting the most that are the most insecure. Like yeah. we know that, right? Ladies, like we get that. So I think you're looking to compare yourself to somebody's VP title. Well, you don't know what she sacrificed to get there. Maybe she hasn't had a date in five years. Maybe she hasn't sat down and had a meal. Maybe she hasn't walked with the sun on her face. Maybe she hasn't, you know, maybe she's doing it because her parents told her she needed to hit some level of like status to make them happy or Maybe she's not going to inherit her trust until she gets that. You know, like you just have no idea. But I think for you, it's like we walk the path alone and they're not going to be there to compare always. So we just really have to do like right by ourselves and by our spirit and by our ancestors. Like this is another big piece in the book, but like I call it, you know, the dead grandma's guidance. Like my my dead grandmas are up there and they're like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. I did all of this stuff and all you care about is what Stacy's doing in Florida? Like, no, you know, they, they're like, no, I, I laid the groundwork. Don't disappoint us, right? Like I don't want to go up to whatever this new dimension is after this and have my spirit look at me and like kind of give me the side eye. Like, what are you doing? I yeah. sent you so many guides. I sent you so many opportunities. And you were busy looking to the side versus living in a space of appreciation for everything that was yours. I loved that part. I was like, oh my yeah. God, it's so good. When you were making this transition personally of like getting out of your corporate sales, which you were incredibly successful, how did your husband or your family respond? I know you talk about this a bit, but to that transition and how did you overcome and stay true to what you knew you had to do? Yeah, I think it's really important to have at least one person who is like going to blindly support you. It doesn't have to be a romantic partner. It can be it can be a friend. It's really hard for it to be a parent though. But I think that there will be times when the resistance will get so big. And a lot of that, Jenna, is well-meaning family and friends is like, I like to dub them. They're like, well, I'm just concerned. You know, I just don't want you to quit your job until you have another one. I don't want you to just move. You know, it's not your life. Thank you. You don't get an opinion. Like, don't take advice from the cheap seats in the back, ladies. Oh. Like, unless somebody else has walked it, why are we listening to these people? Like, they don't get a vote. It's your life. And I think we all know, like, sometimes we have those girlfriends and you go out and you tell them, oh my God, I got a promotion or I'm like really excited because I met this person and we're going to maybe go out again. And you can always feel it. Like you can feel it if they're like, oh my God. Or if they're like, oh, that's great. You know, it might not be like obvious frenemy, but something isn't totally like vibing. You got to just distance yourself from those people while you're in this. You're, it's like you're a little seedling trying to grow out of the ground. And this person could walk by with their big stinky boot at any moment and just stomp all over it. So you have to create this like force field. It's not, I'm never going to talk to you again and you're dead to me. It's you know what? Um, I'm really busy with work for the next two months, but so I'm not going to be available. But like, let's pick up later when you're stronger. And then you can really evaluate if these are the people to have in your life. But in the meantime, like in the very beginning, when resistance is really hard, I think you do need somebody. And there's coaches. There's great coaches that you can hire 
to pull you through that mud if you don't have a partner. But my husband was one, like I say, the second I left the cage, he was not letting me go back. He was like, there's no way you're going. I would always just cry and say, I'm just going to go get a regular job again. Like I could just call, you know, all these CEOs and stuff that were like so sweet to me. I just call them and go back. And I mean, I worked in luxury skincare. Like it was an amazing job, you know? And he was like, no, like you've outgrown that. Again, you've outgrown that cage. So now you're going to try to stuff yourself back in it. Like it's not going to work. So you just have somebody there to remind you. Yeah. When I was reading that, I was thinking like how important picking the right partner is. It's everything. <laughs> it's everything. everything. I tell my girls that too. I'm like, listen, you don't need a relationship. And it doesn't matter what gender that person is, but like who you surround yourself with. And especially if you're going to like be in a romantic relationship, Jenna, it's everything. I mean, I grew up in St. Louis. Like all my friends were like getting married and knocked up when they were 21 and like living, you know, a mile away from their parents. And it was like, oh, okay, I don't think I want that. And then I met Ryan, who is actually like from a very small town in Illinois, DeKalb, Illinois, right? Like small farming town. And my mind, I was living in downtown Chicago at the time. I'm like, Oof, like this isn't going to work. Like, I'm not going to end up back on the farm. Like, this isn't going to happen. But he was really willing, like, he was really willing to do whatever I wanted. And I, you know, I think I write it in the book at one point. I said, like, what do you want to do? Like, I quit my job and I'm doing all of this stuff, but like, I don't want it to be the Liz show. And he goes, My purpose is to support you and prop you up so you can shine brighter. And it was like, like ladies, that's what you got to find. You got to find that person who maybe, you know, it doesn't mean they have to just like, he doesn't exist for me, but we, we are the person who will check each other when, when you start to shit talk yourself. Like you have to have somebody there to pull you out of it. Yes. I think that's so important and like not believing everything you tell yourself. Yeah. That's... Okay. So you talk a lot in your book about this, the cage in the wild, and you talk about the tiger that goes out into the wild and it doesn't even remember how to be wild anymore. Yeah. How do you feel like you have personally been able to become comfortable in the wild? Like, what do you need to survive in the wild? I think you just need to keep focusing on the adventure of it and expecting miracles. Like, that's a big piece of this is like, you just really have to, it's called the law of assumption. What you guys can Google it. It's so much better than the law of attraction. It's really getting into character for the life that is on its way to you and acting as if now. And that can be tricky because I used to read that too. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't have this stuff now. So how can I act like I do? And it wasn't even so much like pretending like I had it. It was just feeling really grateful for the things that were developing, even, even with the scary stuff, right? So that Mohini tiger story is this tiger who was, you know, in this very popular zoo. She was the most popular exhibit, right? People would come and they were really bummed out because she was in this like 12 by 12 cage. So they fundraised, this was the Washington Zoo or something, and they beat her this, built her this beautiful lush habitat with streams and flowers and all this stuff. And by the time they put her there, she was too scared to go play in it. She just died on a 12 by 12 concrete slab without experiencing the abundance. So was there like a spider or something that could have hurt her in there? Probably. But again, what's the alternative? We stay on the concrete pad and we don't go see what's out there. I think as long as you can focus on like the good things that were coming, like when we moved to California, we lived in corporate housing for three months because we could not get a house. And with a two-year-old, like that was a bummer. <laughs> and a four-year-old, like it was a bummer being in corporate housing. But I would just, I would find things. I was just, I was like crying every day because I was so happy that we were here and that I could see the sun 
and that my trip to Trader Joe's included like views of mountains and palm trees. And so I think we just have to decide what we're going to focus on while we're out there playing. We can look for the possible pitfalls or we can just try to have an ignorance is bliss kind of approach and focus on the things that are working for you. But you are the best. I could talk to you literally all night, but I have one final question, which what is the most important thing you think you could tell a woman listening right now? You're not trapped. You never have been. You're not stuck. Don't let somebody tell you you are. You always have a choice and it's never too late and you already have the stuff needed. You don't need to wait until your bonus gets paid out or until you know you have enough money to get out of that relationship and move out of that shared apartment. Like You just have to take a small action and it will build. You know, Words don't teach, action does. Like That's the only way you're going to gain confidence is by doing something that feels a little scary. So I'm sure this is triggering things in your brain, the, the listeners of something that they're putting off, but they know it doesn't work for them anymore. And I'm telling you, and you said it too, Jenna, like you will be greatly rewarded if you just take that little step forward. Yes, so, so good. Okay, we'll link everything. We'll link your app and your book, but career confinement, I like cannot recommend it enough. It was so, so, so good. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so lovely to meet you. Thank you, Jenna. Oh, lastly, where can everyone find you? Oh yeah, so they can just go to elizabethpearson.com or on Instagram, I'm at coach.elizabeth.pearson. Love it. Are you taking new clients? I am. Oh, there we go. Always. Thank you. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this episode and are feeling so fired up to go out there and create that business or side hustle that's been on your to-do list, you know, a little bit longer than you care to admit. It is never too late to make the first step towards the life you want more than anything else. If you haven't already, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, keep becoming the woman of your wildest dreams.